I'm Dante Centauri, and I love to talk about insects. I'm Mia Centauri, and I also love to talk about insects. So we'll be talking about insects together on Insect View. In today's episode of Insect View, we'll be talking about Placoptera, also known as stoneflies. Yeah, they're pretty, <laughs> they're pretty cool bugs. Mia, hold on, Mia, they're not cool bugs, they rock. I think I think it's time that we had a serious discussion about ending this podcast. You know, this is like a personal project, and I really... I, th- I think we have so much to give. I think we've got a real rock-solid foundation here. This, uh, what's the, Why are we here? What's the point? Fine. Stoneflies. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, stoneflies. Yeah, uh, back to where we were. Uh, so they are a an order of, of, of insect that uh, we... Well, at least we are seeing them kind of out and about over where we live here in what hemisphere is this man the north <laughs> yeah the northern hemisphere i, I, I live forget. in ohio like, I f- <laughs> cut this out cut this out you need to cut this out it's the northern hemisphere <laughs> did you, you, did you skip science out. class in middle school i'm not cutting this out you cannot i'm not cutting me. this out <laughs> do not i'm making this a bit louder <laughs> okay fine god okay whatever <laughs> okay well they are um they are actually found uh worldwide there's kind of some interesting uh you know examples of yeah like they're distinct populations and how some populations might have gotten isolated and uh, you know like evolved differently um but the ones we're seeing them out and about around here in ohio now uh because they are usually some of the first insects to emerge and um so you see them actually out as adults during the winter so uh, we've been seeing them crawling around in the snow and uh, walking around on fence posts and stuff outside, they actually this is part of uh, of their their life cycle. They don't spend most of their time above ground. Actually, they spend the majority of their time as a nymph, and they are you know obviously they're they're, they're aquatic. Um, they're a fairly well known uh, aquatic invertebrate, uh, partly because of the fact that they are one of the uh, the one one of the types of insects that you look for when you're trying to determine the quality of the water of, of a certain stream or lake or something. And also because they're really popular uh, with with fishermen um, or fisher anglers. Yeah, yeah. But people who do fly fishing use them a lot because trout, it's like trout's favorite food. And it, it, when they lay their eggs, they kind of drop down in the water. So it's similar to like how you, you fly fish. So anglers will try and predict stonefly hatches and all they all run out there. So that's why, and that's probably one of the reasons why in the middle of winter, You'll see a bunch of people standing on the river when you think that no sane human being would be standing in the river. It's because the stoneflies are coming out. And yeah, well, we don't know a ton about uh, the sport of fly fishing, but uh, it does seem pretty pretty interesting. And I, uh, when I was trying to find just some photo references of a stonefly nymph, uh, most of the top image results are some extremely very <laughs> realistic uh, lures that look exactly like stonefly nymphs um it's quite impressive really several of them i would not be able to tell myself uh, if it was a real bug or not but uh yeah so they have a lot of um importance to you know just uh human beings in that in that regard which is kind of interesting because they're also uh, i feel like for most people though a fairly overlooked insect yeah they really don't have as much they're not like one of the i guess economically important insects that get a lot of attention yeah, like just bees or pollinators though. or like butter, butterflies that have kind of industries behind them, they really stay out yeah. of the public eye, except for like angler communities or, or fishing because like they use they're used for water quality indexes, 
which people don't really, you know, you, you don't go up to the water cooler with Bob and you're like, hey, Bob, well, what's the, what's the EPT index, the local stream today? And, oh, the, the EPT index. I, 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 I think that Bob is cooler than that. I think Bob knows about stoneflies. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm really, I'm not giving Bob um, enough credit. But yeah, so their actual life cycle, it's, they will spend, uh, like I said, the majority of their time in their, their, their nymph stage. And they can, depending on the species, they will usually remain in their nymphal form uh, for up to four years, but usually at least one. Um, and then when they emerge into adults, well, some of them, uh, some of them actually don't have mouth parts and they just, you know, mate and then they die. Uh, some of them actually do have mouth parts and they, they eat vegetation and such. Even the ones that do have mouth parts, they don't last very long as adults, really. Like the, the, adult, the adult stage is mostly just to breed and kind of lay the eggs. And it's not as extreme as uh, like mayflies, yeah. I think, where they only get a day. But in general, it's another type of insect that the adult form is focused yeah. pretty much purely on reproduction. Yeah, so then after they mate, uh, the female will drop the eggs in some water. And uh, then they well, so, sometimes they hatch um, like within... Uh, like a few months, or and then sometimes they go a year. It depends on the species again. But yeah, then they hatch and they sort of begin their life cycle again. And actually, an in- there's an interesting thing with the... You might bring this up later, but the Lake Tahoe stonefly, the one that lives exclusively underwater, the way it actually reproduces, the eggs start to develop a bit inside of her abdomen before she lays them. So it's a sort of like pseudo... like pseudo-live birth scenario, which is really interesting. But yeah, the real kind of... Um, point of interest for the nymphs is that they are, like we mentioned before, really good indicators of uh, water quality. Uh, so they're, yeah, so they're part of the EPT taxa, which is uh, ephemeroptera, which is mayflies, plecoptera, which is the stoneflies, obviously, and trichoptera, which is caddisflies. Um, yeah, and so the kind of uh, principle behind this is that since these three specific species, or I mean, orders of insect, uh, not only are they very widespread uh, across North America, so you could expect to find them in most stream habitats, but they also are really intolerant of uh, pollution and you know like symptoms of low water quality. Um, so if you find a lot of them in a stream, then you can you know be able to gauge the that that that, that water quality is very good and it is able to support um, you know like a range of, of, of life. Like the, e- the EPT taxa is these sensitive species, but that's not, they're not the only sensitive species. A majority of uh, freshwater macroinvertebrates are particularly sensitive to pollution because just in aquatic, in aquatic environments, pollution can be almost yeah. more destructive than it is on terrestrial environments because really there's no way to kind of get away from it. And it's so, it can get so pervasive and really just wipe out freshwater macroinvertebrate communities, which is a, a huge problem because there's a ton of divert, like uh, just diversity within freshwater macroinvertebrate communities. I think it's like, I don't know the exact percentage, but it's it's a, like a respectable amount of all insect diversity comes from these uh, freshwater populations, and a lot of them are really high risk from just runoff pollution or in general people pollution. And there's really not too yeah. much attention being put on that because I think we mentioned this before. There's just not a lot of like economic attention, not a lot of like popular media yeah, attention. Yeah, I think that you. I mean, you see that. I feel like it's it's is kind of um, sad, but I feel like you do see that with with plenty of insect species. Uh, that aren't, I mean, and I think that uh, it, just regardless of if an insect species might have a direct, you know, benefit to humans, like, you know, um, like, like honeybees or, or anything like that, I think even if uh, an insect was to have basically no 
benefit to humans, um, I think, you know, it would still be, you know, worth uh, trying to conserve. And yeah, they're still part of the, and we don't even maybe know how that uh, like affects uh, the wider range, but it is kind of, um, you know, you're, mm-hmm. the fact that stoneflies are, you know, one of those sort of lesser considered insects. And there are several species who are uh, not on the endangered species list yet, but basically meet the criteria. Um, and it is, it's pretty, it's, because they're really, like we mentioned before, they're really good and important indicators of things like water quality and also, um, like, also climate change. Uh, there's a, a type of stonefly called the, the, yeah, there's a type of stonefly called the Western Glacier, glacier Stonefly, which, um, it lives in, in, uh, Wyoming. And it lives, it lives in glacial, uh, glacial meltwater streams. And it's entirely dependent on this environment. It only has like 16 known environments. Very, it's because it, it, it needs the really cold glacial water and you know the qualities of the water from the glacier, the glaciers to to be able to to survive because that's that's just like the only ecosystem it can live in. And they're kind of an indicator of climate change because you know since the glaciers are melting, their their obviously their habitat is kind of disappearing and their numbers are going down. You know, again, it's one of those you just don't really hear too much about that kind of insect when they're in serious trouble. And the uh, the Lake Tahoe stonefly that we were discussing earlier, which is uh, one of the only known like fully aquatic insects, that's also uh, kind of in the same situation where its habitats are disappearing very quickly and it's in a lot of trouble. So yeah, they're really very uh, um, delicate, I guess, uh, species. I feel like this happens a lot when we're researching. I'm just like, why is there not more about these guys? Yeah, yeah, there's just yeah. not enough attention on them. You mentioned this a bit before. I think it's come up twice, but one of the reasons, one of the things stoneflies are kind of known for is their their cold weather tolerance. Because they, again, like they have uh, winter broods that pop out to mate. Uh, they're known for the glacial, the glacial species. Like this is another thing. There's not too much research into actually how they are cold tolerant. Like, which is honestly probably because no one wants to go out there in the yeah. freezing cold and grab stoneflies and hike up like a glacier. So th- there's there's that. There's that little obstacle, but they're like for the some that are studied, most of the stoneflies, at least around here, probably. Well, they're with insects that survive in extreme cold. There are kind of two types. There's freeze avoiding and freeze tolerant insects. The name kind of speak from the cells. Free avoiding, they don't freeze. Freeze tolerating, they can be frozen and they can they can live with that. And I'm assuming that most stoneflies, at least in this part of the northern hemisphere, probably are freeze avoiding because. It doesn't get that cold up here that they can't avoid freezing, and the river, the river never completely freezes because, especially with aquatic habitats, just the specific heat of water, it freezes slower, and when it's moving, it doesn't really freeze that much. So they can probably they they have like blood antifreezes basically. Um, they have molecules in their blood that basically stop the freezing yeah. process or slow it down, so they can avoid being frozen solid. But the the freeze tolerant insects, those are the ones that can completely freeze, and the the key the trick to this really is just avoiding intracellular freezing because when the the stuff outside the cell can freeze and it can be fine but if the inside of the fluid inside the cell freezes then it can like fracture the cell and destroy it and they die and the the winter stoneflies well I don't know these winter stoneflies but some stoneflies the study I found was from Alaska but they use uh, uh, they use glycerol to prevent deadly freezing along mm-hmm. with other cryoprotectants so they can actually be like completely frozen and they'll be able to re- like recover when they uh, comes out of the ice. That, again, that's just insects that freeze solid, but the freeze-tolerant ones probably just kind of find a bit of mud to hang out in. Yeah, and I, actually, um, in those like alpine glacial glacial melt communities, a lot of bugs there kind of do the mm-hmm. same sort of freeze-avoiding strategy. If to, to lay their eggs, 
they find these little spots that don't freeze over or like a bit warmer, uh, like a part of the stream, and they all kind of lay their eggs in the same spot. So all these bugs, like, or whatever's living in the stream will come over and just all lay their eggs in kind of like the same little area. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, snowflakes have a lot of really, they're really interesting insects. Uh, and just kind of, I guess, and this is a little bit of a fun fact, is that uh, the name Placoptera, uh, it's got kind of a, a cute, you know, like, like meaning, but it, it, it means braided wings, uh, you know, you translate it from, from the, the Greek, and it's, yeah, it's a reference to their, to their wings, which are really, you know, very, very complicated and, uh, membranous, and they, because they have two pairs of wings, and they fold over their back in a really, just a really, uh, interesting way, um, and even though they're really, they're kind of bad flyers, uh, I think it's just kind of cool that that's what they got named for, because it is a really, I think their wings are really interesting to look at. So, so that's stoneflies. But yeah, they're really, um, yeah, I'm really glad we got to talk about them this episode, because they are, they're one of those insects that are really, really important to us, but, uh, you know, they're, a, a, a lot of species are, you know, in trouble, and a lot of people don't really know about it, and, um, yeah, so I'm just, you know, glad to be able to talk about them a bit on our podcast here. Make sure to check out our Twitter and Instagram, leave us a little, leave us a little review. So, again, yeah, we're on Apple uh, podcasts as well as Spotify, so you can check us out there, uh, or on our website, which is linked in our Twitter. But yeah, if you uh, like this episode, then make sure to give us a follow and stay tuned for more episodes.